All right. How's it going? Welcome back to The Big Run. Thank you so much for joining me. How is your running going? Winter is well and truly here, so I hope you're keeping warm whilst you're getting out there and logging those miles and whether you're training for a race or you're just just enjoying those crisp wintry mornings, then I hope it is going well for you. Today's guest is a GB athlete who competed at the women's 3000 metres at the 2021 European Indoor Champs and took home a bronze medal. She competes across a multitude of middle distances, but is also a hugely talented poet that uses her running as a creative muse, as well as using her poetry to help with performance. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome Verity Ockerden. Hi. Hey, Verity, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So Verity, thank you so much for coming on the big run. Really excited to to dive into to your life as an athlete as well as 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 an artist. I've been reading some of your poetry um, this morning prior prior to the interview. So what what came first in in your life? Was it was it running or or was it writing? Like wh- when did each one sort of begin for you, and and how did it develop? Um. Well, firstly, thanks for having me. Um, but. that's a difficult question like I feel like running and writing have always been intertwined Mm -hmm. um for me uh possibly I mean talking to my mum she's I think I probably ran before I could string sentences together (laughs) um but I think probably as I've old got older like the the poetry has become about the running mm-hmm. um mainly so perhaps like that that's become my muse so I guess running yeah running comes first and then I write about it um because that's the thing that gives me my my thinking space and so many of my like different experiences of life and um extremely like intense sensations and emotions um yeah so that's what gives me things to write about that I think are worth writing about Mm, it's really lovely to hear someone talk about running as it's as um as a muse as like a a source of inspiration is that is that constantly how you're framing it? Like, is that something always in the back of your mind, especially when you're competing at like sort of top tier events? Like, are you, do, do you have different sort of outlooks on it? Is it like one day it's like all about competition performance or, or, or and one day it's about creativity or do you not like clo- close one off to each other? If you get my meaning. Um. Yeah, I think um, looking at running um, from an artistic point of view, makes me appreciate it more, mm. um, which is really important. Um, like, as a professional, I never want to get to that point where um, I don't enjoy running just for what it is anymore. Um, and I know that happens to a lot of people um, because it's a very high-pressure environment Um and you know things like your finances end up like depending on running um so like it's very easy to lose the joy of running um 
but I think having um, that kind of like poetic perspective in the back of my mind all the time it makes me stop on a run and like just you know look at my surroundings or like you know listen to my heartbeat my breathing and my muscles just like to enjoy that they're doing what they're doing um without any extras that's interesting that idea of like does it sort of develop your gratitude towards running like having that sort of poetic sensibility towards it definitely um and I think you know you can you know it's, it's not always a very kind of soft approach to to that like you mentioned um applying poetry to competitions I mean sometimes I use the poetry to make sure that I'm not letting running competitively take over Mm. Um, and I'm trying to use it to keep myself relaxed and happy Uh, and then other times I am using it to try and motivate myself and get the best out of myself um, and to really like focus on competition and get the best out myself yeah that's really interesting that idea of like obviously poetry as a as a sort of reflective exercise to you know keep yourself um enjoying what it is that you're doing but the idea of it as like a a performance enhancing kind of aspect as well because obviously you have the training you've got the track reps you've got the shoes nutrition all of that stuff but do you do you actively use the the sort of the poetry that you compose or the language that you you choose within your poetry to help um to help you perform at a a sort of mental level as well yeah um for sure I think um it's easy um to kind of feel um you're not supposed to be where you are um sometimes in in the athletics um I think a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome um including me and when I write and I use um metaphors to describe like myself um you know as someone powerful and strong and um positive it helps me believe that that's that's who I am Mm. Um, especially because I've made and chose the words myself um a lot of people rely on um mantras and phrases um that they've been given by someone else um and i'm not saying that's wrong i think it's really useful it's great um if there are words that you like that work for you brilliant but i think it just works even more if you come up with it yourself Mm. Yeah, I think that that sense of ownership of knowing that particular phrase that you've penned that's something that you've put down on paper or or whatever that connection to the language must be even more sort of strong, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just 100% you. Um and just easier to believe, I guess. <laughs> Have you ever penned anything specific for specific events? Like, you know, the, you've you've competed at incredibly high levels. Has, has there ever been like an A race where you've you've drafted something to to have in the back of your head when you're when you're warming up and towing the line at the start of the race? Uh, yeah, I think 
um, often. In that case, um, if I've like had a build up that isn't quite perfect, um, I will rely on poetry just to kind of convince myself. It's almost like writing myself a letter um, just to convince myself that, you know, despite everything, I am ready. Um, and I've done this before. If, you know, I'll look back on previous races and training and, yeah, um, write myself a little letter in the form of a poem. Um, but also, I mean, yeah, sometimes I've been asked to write um, poems for races, like one for um, the Highgate Night of the 10,000 Meter PBs. Um, I was asked to be Poet Laureate by mm. the organisers then. Um, so yeah, I wrote a poem for that and it went um, in the race programme, which was really exciting. <laughs> I, lo- I love that idea. I think that's so cool to like commission a Poet Laureate for an athletics event and to sort of like join the dots I think of of athletes being people other than just athletes you know athletes can be artists creatives you know they, they're full-bodied three-dimensional wonderful human beings and I think like more I feel like there needs to be more more of that stuff I think it's sort of like and also in terms of making the event those kind of events even more special like I, I love the idea of getting the program and finding a poem like within the sleeve notes like I think that's such a cool idea yeah yeah um been so creative with it that's what I love about that race um yeah and it really just made me enjoy the whole event so much um and really like tune in to all of my memories of the race from the previous year um and then take those with me into into that year's race um and I hope like I hope that other athletes read it as well and felt it was useful um as well as enjoyable Mm, or oh, what? Well, I've got the that that particular poem up in front of me at the moment to the bell lap at Highgate, and one thing that really comes across in particular, uh, as well as kind of capturing the sort of the the, the imagery so clear, like I, I can see it sort of talking about the ponytails swaying in unison, slick with sweat, the the sort of metronomic lullaby. Lo- that imagery is really clear, but one thing that really comes across is like how much it hurts like the, the, the sort of the pain of of something like a track event especially you know the 10,000 meters at, at the, at the 10, night of the 10,000 pbs like is is that something important for you to communicate as well to give people like a, a full sense of of yeah of how blooming hard and painful this this kind of level of competition is yeah um because I think it is hard for um spectators to really understand I mean unless you are also a runner and not every spectator is um yeah I just want to help them understand like what they're watching Mm. um and because a lot of a lot of people say to me like oh it just looks easy when you do it and it's not (laughs) like (laughs) it's never easy um so yeah I think to help um spectators actually like feel what we're feeling um can only kind of like improve 
the whole perception and popularity of the sport. Um, yeah, and it, but it's also like I include that pain for me so that when I read that poem before the race, I remember how painful it is and I'm prepared for to feel that again. Um, yeah, you have to you have to know what you're going into and be okay with it. Mm, yeah, um, I love that. I love that idea, and I think there's something like as well the fact that it's it's poetry like you're writing poetry rather than sort of prose or just, you know, general kind of what, what, what any other sort of style of writing. Is there something specific about that format, like working within poetry, within like stanzas and verse lines and stuff like that, that sort of speaks to you as, as a writer? Have you explored like other, other mediums as a writer? Um, yeah, that's funny, actually. I always joke that it's because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> okay. It's like... Uh, I tend not to write very long poems. Um, I think I have a very long attention span when it comes to doing that. And because I compose um, a lot of my poetry like while I'm out on a run, it's basically as much as I can remember in the duration of like an hour-long run. So... <laughs> often it's not very many sentences um <laughs> so what's yeah. that process like then so what are you holding like a, what is it are they, say on a half an hour run is it like 30 minutes for the like this one in particular is what it's sort of three stanzas one like the first one's slightly shorter and then two slightly bigger stanzas like are, are you how are you holding that in your head? Like, oh my God, that's like asking an actor, how do they learn their lines? I imagine it's a slightly redundant yeah. question, but what can you talk us through? Like what that experience is like of like st discovering imagery and thinking, oh, okay. And then, f you know, finding that sort of role as you find the role of your, the rhythm of your run and finding that with the, the language that you're sort of mapping out in your head. Yeah, I think, well, that's probably where the rhythms that I use come from. Um, I think they get this kind of um you known beat um because I'm running when I'm thinking of the of the words and the sentences um but it does take practice when I first started, I used to get so frustrated because I'd always forget like the best line that I thought of by the time I got home um and actually, like, uh, a friend of mine uh, was talking to me years ago about remembering dreams. Um, mm. And to begin with, I couldn't remember anything. But if you practice, it is possible. And I found the same thing um, with just remembering words. Um, like, when I'm creating poems, uh, it just takes practice. Um, and I often run just and like repeating things over and over in my head um <laughs> so yeah that's quite repetitive and dull but um that's yeah, the job. I, I like it. And we just can, just can we go on a quick, quick tangent? What is the process for remembering your dreams? Because I want to know what that is, because I've always wanted to have yeah. that skill. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly, yeah, just got to sit there for a while. Like, what, like straight after you've woken up? Is that is that the best time? Yeah, because yeah, most people, like, they they wake up and they're immediately like, oh, 
what have we got to go and do now? Like, but if you just sit there on the edge of your bed before you start trying to achieve anything, um, even if it's like brushing your teeth, just sit on the bed and like think. Um, yeah, people don't appreciate like just letting themselves sit sometimes. Mm. <laughs> That's definitely a quality, isn't it? Like people like, do, do you find that like a, when you compete like as, you know, as a sort of top tier athlete, like is there, is there a sense of pressure on you to be like thinking about the next goal, the next race, the next PB? Like, do you sometimes want to just like slightly reclaim that, that joy that we were talking about earlier as a runner and just be sort of present and just be like, I'm just going to enjoy this, this hour that I'm going to do this morning. Like, do you, do you, is that a bit of a balancing act when you're at sort of your kind of level as an athlete? Sure, um, and I often I think feel guilty about just not doing very much some some days, mm. um, and calling that my job um, as an elite athlete. Um, but my performance is so much better when I give myself time to just exist and not achieve anything in those quiet moments when I'm not actually training um this means that I can train so much harder when I am training Mm. um, and mentally prepared for it Mm. yeah it's so true it's so it's so true in terms of and in terms of training like looking at your kind of the power of 10 and looking at your kind of all the different distances that you you compete on like I sort of zeroed in um your 5,000 meter times and there was one period from sort of 2019 where you were doing I mean still it's incredible times like 1540 and then to 2021 that jumped all the way down to 1503 like what what is that what is that I mean it's astonishing like what is that what is that process what's the equivalent kind of creative process for you as an athlete in terms of training um for 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 making that kind of leap like the the leap you make when you're when you're working on a poem and it's suddenly clicks and you've got that rhythm like what's the sort of training equivalent of that for you um i'd say when it suddenly clicks that's a very elusive um moment and there's probably like very few occasions where i've had a race that just felt like it flowed and was perfect um and the same with a poem that you know i just wrote it and it came out the way i wanted it to um it does happen occasionally um and I always try when it's a race I then I try to record it in a poem so that I can remember like how did I do that Mm. um (laughs) but often it's really difficult too because you just when it's going really well in a race it almost feels like you're not there um so, but again, like referring to that like leap as a whole improvement over years, again, like remembering things is just practice, consistency, um, and dedication. I'd say like I've been able to spend more time both training and writing um, in recent years. Um, especially this year because um, I was able to give up my job as a chef 
and then actually earn more money from running itself, which is quite a new thing for me. Um, so yeah, just having um, more time to focus on both of those things is amazing yeah no it's 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 incredible and interesting because obviously the, the, the reason that i reached out to you was uh, saw that you're an athlete and, and an artist like w- if you if someone asks asks you at a cocktail party like what do you do for a living is it always going to be runner for you or is it runner and poet like what's the delineation or, or is one not like mutually exclusive to the other um yeah it's always a really question I found it really difficult to define myself when anybody asks um so yeah first and foremost I think it's important to me to say I'm a runner um that is my priority um and the the writing like yeah it wouldn't exist if I didn't run I don't think so um or it would but i guess it'd be about something else <laughs> 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 it might not be good <laughs> well i don't i don't know about that there might be well maybe you know down the line if you i don't know like if you get into i don't know maybe there might be like a, a marathon or an ultra like sort of uh, a collection of poems as, as as you develop as an athlete i don't, I don't know like but in terms of yeah. um in terms <laughs> of um like just uh thinking about looking at the poetry itself there's there's something that really comes out like i don't know what it is but like there's like a there's like a mythic quality like you kind of elevate what might seem you know on you know like on tv coverage or like watching it on youtube or something something is just people taking laps of a track there's you can kind of embolden it with like a like a sort of like a mythic quality there's there's weight to the imagery that you that you kind of put on the page which is which is awesome and like you as a runner competing at that level and thinking about this idea of, of myths, like are there, are there any myths that you want to kind of de- debunk like a, as an elite level athlete for like people listening, things that like people might think, or maybe perhaps as a, as a female athlete as well, like any myths that you'd want to say, like that's nonsense, like from, from, from being within the, 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 the inside of it as an elite level athlete, what would you like to sort of, yeah, debunk when it comes oh. to myths? Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one because I'm aware that you know perhaps sometimes I romanticize the process in my poems um I really try and keep them as real um and as raw as possible I think I have a kind of duty to do that Mm. um for whoever reads them I'm conscious of you know every piece that I share on my um on my Instagram um which I do relatively often um I want it to help other athletes rather than give the wrong impression or potentially be harmful Mm. um so I think there probably is a there are a fair few myths out there you know that you have to be a, a certain way um both physically and mentally to be successful mm. um and you know i try not i wouldn't say i avoid like broaching that in my poetry but i just try and show that you know like i'm not describing 
like the physical shape of people um like you don't need to be really skinny to be fast um it it's not about that it's about the sensation and how how much you want it and how hard you're willing to work um and and try um things like that and also things like mental health like I try and share my low moments as well as the highs um I'm not always strong mentally but I'm still out here doing it um and I just don't let it beat me um daring things like that just shows people that you know you don't have to be like on the perfect runner mm. um, the perfect person to I think that's re- that's really that's really important. I think to to sort of just talk about that and give give it a platform. I think the sort of the the pressures on on athletes uh, when it comes to like you say about about what the r- right way is or is not, and and the sort of the mental pressures. And I think what I was trying to say in terms of like your poetry being mythic is that like there's a realness and a rawness to it, but the imagery kind of elevates it and kind of gives it sort of more kind of I don't know sort of more weight and sort of more pertinence like it 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 rings true I suppose is 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 what I'm trying to say and I think if you're if you are communicating like the pain and and the sort of the 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 sort of mental toughness that's required um I think that's just a that's just a brilliant thing and it's funny you mentioned the um the the weight thing actually just before I jumped on this call. I saw this article in the um, the New York Times talking about this this culture of um, of weight loss or getting lean, like particularly within the, the mm. University of Oregon. You know, where six yeah. members of the the women's track and field team were sort of it was kind of like body shaming, really dressed up in in science. Like, is do you think that is as you know as a female yeah. athlete is that is there a culture of that still, or or are moves being made to kind of to break that down where where that kind of stuff doesn't happen, or do you think there's more work sort of still to be done? I think um, there's been huge progress um, made recently um, in raising awareness about um, the dangers of um, things like red air, mm. um, especially in women. Um, one of the things that frightens me actually though is that like men just seem to ignore that um, and you know because they don't have like a, a physical marker like a period to, mm. to flag it um, I think it's actually like goes um, much more under the radar um, within the male aspect of the sport, you mean? With, with, with yeah, with, really. Okay, right. Yeah, and I think actually a lot of male runners are expected to be super lean. It's like it's people just accept it more that guys are leaner, and you can see their muscles more when maybe it's not actually that healthy. Mm. People. Just that um but i think that's something we need to work on um but and i mean generally like in the non-running world um yeah the first question people will ask me about my running is always like oh so what diet are you on and it's like Mm. 
none. I like I need to eat a lot mm. <laughs> um to do what I do and and people just find that completely bonkers. I, that always baffles me like why why is that the sort of the the go-to thing of like oh god you look so trim or like it's like it, it seems like sort of so counterintuitive specifically you know when you look at like the you're talking about the the lactic and and the lungs and your heart beating like within all your poetry the first thing you think about is like the energy that is required to to sort of bring about that sort of thing you're you're talking about like why do you think people are wired that way to instantly go to to diet? Why, why do you think people sort of <laughs> lean that way? I think um, like it's just part of the human condition that um, we're intelligent and we're always looking for a shortcut, an easier, faster way to do things. Um, and that for me is the romantic thing about running is that it requires patience. Um, like you have to you have to just do running for a long time um and wait for that to to work rather than um yeah die at your way to just being mm. skinny and maybe fast for a short time yeah and and, and as the, 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 i can't even imagine what that kind of pressure is like when you're at the, your level when you perhaps see other athletes who are making those shortcuts Do, is there is there a temptation there or has there been a temptation there like a devil on the shoulder to perhaps think like oh maybe i could do this to maybe get that extra benefit oh for sure like there have been times where i think i yeah, I have played with fire um, and I've compared myself to people who just had completely different body shapes to me naturally. Um, you know, no matter what I did, it was never going to be achievable to look the way they did. Um, fortunately, like, it was quite clear that um, when I was underfueling um i just i did not get faster mm. and i got injured like it just straight up didn't work and i learned from that very quickly before it became like really dangerous mm. um yeah and i've never gone back i mean i don't i just don't weigh myself now um i don't like count calories or anything um i listen to my cravings for foods like if, which are quite often like healthy cravings um yeah if i'm hungry i eat <laughs> yeah damn I, I, it's one of the main reasons i got into running is like because you know all the all the sweet sweet food is like i bloody love it like not to sort yeah. of you know do it down but like i think that what you say then about listening to the body like the body if you can channel out that noise of being swayed by what other people are doing or what, what you're seeing from other people the body has got an amazing ability to tell you what you actually need if you like what you're saying earlier about listening to see if you could remember your dreams like if you tune into your body yeah. it will inevitably tell you what it is that what it is that you're after and that's a great lesson to to learn like as a as an athlete like and looking over your looking over your career have there been other sort of 
failures that you've turned into learnings or other things that like you've really taken from your kind of athletic career that you sort of carry with you as you as you progress and move forward um yeah definitely I think um it's learning how to how to deal with life when it's not going your way uh, mm. so, so I think the other poem I sent over to you called um Sparrow Heart yes I wrote that um when I like I had a stress fracture in my shin and I'd compounded it while cross training I was like hello fell off my bike and trapped my shin under the bike in that exact place um so I put like a massive hematoma over the stress fracture um it was just awful like so I was already like a month off running and then it was just like extra on top of that um and it was one of those just really heartbreaking frustrating times um where it would have been so easy to beat myself up even more for like just doing that even you know you can't predict that you're going to fall off your bike um yeah so I, I really struggled to like come to terms with that um I missed a whole summer um of racing and it was really difficult to watch everybody else compete um when I knew like I was I had been on course to be really competitive um so again I wrote a poem to kind of um just talk myself through that as a kind of form of therapy um mm. and it, it was really helpful um and I actually I returned to that poem for so many other reasons um it just it always seems relevant whatever I'm going through just you know patience things will get better these are just seasons of life um well, yeah. what well, I mean, you know, they they talk about having directors' commentaries on on films to get like a deeper insight. But as you were describing that, I was sort of casting my eye over the the Sparrow Heart poem, and what a privilege to be able to get that that insight with hearing you sort of talk about the the sort of stimulus for originally committing it to to paper, and that thing of waiting for the changing leaves to feel your pulse bring tsunamis another dawn a day to seize like that now it carries an incredible amount more of sort of pertinence now knowing what the sort of um the sort of genesis behind that the idea for it for it was like and, and what a way to sort of um yeah like you say sort of not mourn the that that missed season but kind of the the, the therapeutic sort of side of it is that is that also like a big component to your to your writing is it is it therapeutic for you definitely um i think it's akin to keeping a journal um it just it's so good for your mental health to get your thoughts down on paper like even even if it wasn't um a poem if it if it's not beautiful it doesn't matter um it, like words and thoughts are so much better out than in mm. i i think um yeah 
I love that. That's a lovely sentiment. Like words are so much better out out than in. Like I think that's yeah, that's such a, a such a true thing. And I feel like journaling right now is is becoming more and more of a thing within the sort of public consciousness. I think more and more people are talking about that that thing of sort of first thing in the morning after you've you've meditated and sort of remembered your dreams. Then you know maybe like journaling and sort of people are becoming more um, more used to talking about it and, and practicing it, which I think is which I think is a good thing. I think it's a good thing definitely yeah um I mean most runners keep a training log so I really don't think it's it's that much uh harder just to add a few thoughts um onto your split for the workout yeah (laughs) no absolutely and we're talking about other runners are there are there any other runners out there like who inspire you like uh, any other runners that yeah sort of sort of stimulate you as an athlete as well as as an artist uh yeah i think um one of the the women i love most um in athletics is alexi Pappas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah she's a greek american marathon 10k runner um and she's always written poetry as well about running um which has like a a wonderfully childlike um vibe to it um and she this year she wrote a book as well called bravey which i just think is the best book ever <laughs> it's awesome i've read it and uh Alexi, yeah. if, if, for, if for some reason you are listening to this please come on the show um yeah. she's, she's 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 wicked like and yeah i the more um the more sort of uh commonplace it is as athletes and artists i i think the better no i think she's uh she's an incredible um incredible inspiration and and as are you i think what you're doing is is fantastic and i i just love this idea as of of athletes as as artists and not them being just one thing athletes can be can be you know a multitude of things and i think using it to 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 help you um with your training as well as sort of express yourself just as a human being i think is 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 wonderful um verity it's been it's been so lovely chatting to you and normally at the end of um at the end of the big room we we sort of ask uh the people who come on if there was sort of one bit of advice they'd they'd like to proffer to to the listeners it can be something that perhaps you've discovered yourself or perhaps something that someone's passed on to you but if there if there was one piece of advice like as a runner for the people listening that you'd want to to share with the audience what would that be oh Okay. <laughs> Curveball right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um probably have to go with um one of my uh coach's many phrases. Um I mean it's, yeah. It's a very famous quote. He just always reminds me to be like water. Um he yeah he just means be flexible um i think particularly at an elite level um we're always traveling um you know you never know what's going to happen with your running like with your season you you could get injured any day or you could run a massive pb and then qualify for things that you 
frankly hadn't planned on doing that year and then you've got to go and like organize how you're going to do it all and blah 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 um and that can get quite overwhelming um but I think yeah work on being flexible flowing like water um and just fitting whatever shape you need to fit to make it to make it work I love that be like water that feels like a lovely note to end our conversation on um verity thank you so much for for coming on and being a really inspiring guest on on the big run thank you oh well thank you um thank you for having me and a lovely chat and um really unusual that anybody kind of wants to hear about my writing as well as my running so it's really enjoyable for me be like water I love that. I love that saying. Huge thank you to Verity for coming on and sharing her process as a artist as well as as an athlete. Fascinating, fascinating insight into those two sides of her life and her poetry. Like I said, it is extraordinary. She really does capture the the vivid imagery of of track athletics so so well. So if you're interested in her poetry, make sure you follow her on Instagram. I'll be putting the link in today's show notes where she sometimes shares some of her poetry. And yeah, hopefully this podcast can be more like water as well as we start to explore topics further afield from the world of running and how it connects to the sport that we love. As always, a big thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Run Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Big Run Podcast, where I'll be sharing more insight into how we actually make these episodes and, and some insight into some of the live episodes as well that we're going to be coming up with uh, the run testers and some more field recording as well. So there's some exciting things planned for the Big Run as we move into the new year. Thanks so much for listening. I hope the running's going well. And uh, as always, if you fancy it and you're able to, then get out there and get running. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.